Hello, and welcome to the So Emotional Podcast. Here on the cast, we discuss everything emotions through the lens of attachment, the nervous system, and internal parts work. We're a little irreverent and like to have fun exploring the emotional issues and dynamics that interest us. So come along and hang out. Let's explore the fascinating lands of emotions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the So Emotional Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Wetzel, with Epic Initiator Coaching. This is Nick Carl. He's also our host, and um, he is the safe anchor. He is an experienced somatic experiencer, drinking liquid death today, not one of our sponsors. Um, Neither is Topo Chico, and you'll see me drinking that too. We just like sparkling water. Um, Today, we are... Well, first and foremost, um, our podcast is really about removing the stigma and enigma around emotions and to really help you on your emotional journey so you can experience, well, all the emotions without uh, restriction or constriction. And so you can hopefully have some more fun and joy and like know what the Mm. fuck is going on, (laughs) which is really helpful. Um, Today's podcast, we really want to talk about victimization because... I personally, this is like such a huge, huge thing that um, we need to talk about and recognize in our own energetic field. Like it is a, it's an emotion that we need to understand and understand well, if we have any chance of being able to uh, be able to like enjoy your higher emotional states and also have a shot at conscious creating because victimization is a very, um, low vibrational energy but it has a lot of uses and purposes so it's not like it doesn't have value but if you stay there too long it can definitely cause stagnation and lots and lots of suffering like much much suffering right um do you want to go first uh, well i want to caveat that the victimization we're talking about is at our personal internal point of creation right it's like Hey, say that again. The victimization that we are talking mm-hmm. about is an internal thing, right? It's like your relationship with your own self. So there, there, there's like a there's like a there's like a power here, right? As opposed to you said internal, as opposed to what do you uh, mean? As opposed to being victimized by, I don't know. This gets a little tricky, but. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Um, right. It gets, you're right. It does get really tricky. So I, we will do our best to talk about discernment in these things, because what we're also going to talk about is when it's useful to take responsibility, how much responsibility we should take and like learning the difference of like when it's helpful to, and maybe when it's not helpful to. And yeah, so we'll get into that, but I know Nick, you had a story. Yeah. So I have a story. So like trying to, (laughs) <laughs> it's just funny because as you, as I've wandered my way through the different concepts of the internal emotional landscape, there's some that uh, you or I think about and don't have a connection with right away because because uh, I'm still in it, right? Um, but I've I had a uh, disagreement with you a couple weeks ago and what what yeah. we never fight. We get all, <laughs> we're like we're like best friends and care bears like we were happy and i felt (laughs) victimized which led me to 
lash out, like say nasty shit, right? And it was like, oh, which I mean, is it wasn't not super nasty. It was just like emotionally it was a little stabbing. dirty. It was a little stabbing. Oh, yeah, d- dirty dealing, not in good faith, right? Just it was like, dirty, man. true. And uh, that uh, that mechanism that led to that is very old. I'm familiar, very familiar with it because I've been there many a time. I'm not proud to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So to me, it finally became clear what that was, and that was victimization. So in that moment, like I felt victimized by you as, uh, you know, being unfair to me, right? And if somebody is unfair, especially like, and there's probably like levels of fair, but it felt very unfair, and, it, and I interpreted it as like, you know, an attack. And then if once I was under attack, then I'm the, like the righteous victim, and the righteous victim has all the... Uh, his weapons at his disposal, right? So it's like, you know, f- mm. you know, f- you know, fuck me, no, fuck you, a thousand times. You know, it's like no, all the weapons, right? No, fuck you, no, fuck you, no, fuck you. It reminded me a little bit. I was thinking about it today, or just recently, very recently, about mm. uh, a conversation that I had with a, a coach in uh, Australia that I worked with uh, last year. His name was Manfred Luck. God rest his soul. Manfred went for a hike and never came back on a Sunday. And I had a like another session with him on a Monday. And it was just like, holy shit. He just went for a walkabout. No, just like a hike. He left his, you know, it was like a day hike. How old was he? He was 76. He was an older guy. But he was like fit as a fiddle. Anyway. Okay. One of the things that we had talked about between me and Manfred um, he did a type of sort of like regression muscle testing to get at different aspects. And one of the aspects that we had gotten in with me is this character or internal part that really hates everything. It's just like, you know, fuck the, like that I could look at anything, really almost anything if I was in the right energy and I would just be like, God, this fucking sucks. This is pathetic. You're pathetic. This is gross. You know. Is and, this the same as Arvin Geddon Boy that you've talked about? Is that uh, kind of the same, or is it a little it's, different? It's it's close. It is close. Um, it is close, but I'm not I'm not sure it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, just a real nastiness. And uh, Manfred had challenged me, and said, "Well, that's a choice, and you need to take responsibility for that." And I remember what he did that really pissed me off. I was just like, Joyce, what the fuck do you know? You don't know what I was going through. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how life fucked me over, you son of a bitch. It really pissed me off. It really pissed me off. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then I, <laughs> it took me two years and he's dead now. But I think that I get what he was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I decide to see the world as unfair, right, that the world is uh, impinging itself upon me and that I am the victim, if I decide that is the truth, that there is a creative moment in that, the decision. Right. It's funny because in that place, at that time in my life, and for a lot of my life, I never saw or was even able to see that that is a creative moment. The decision 
is a creation. And that is pretty fucking subtle that eventually, you know, like I've been trying to like work on my vibes and think about fun things and like try to build myself up vibrationally, uh, expose myself to, to information and be curious where it's like, it's like, oh, oh, that's what he was talking about, that there is a creative moment. And that even though I was confused, I have been confused that I actually do have a choice, right? <laughs> that when someone, uh, someone like maybe you upsets me, you know, I, I don't have to decide that I'm the victim of that, right? But then it's, it's just interesting because how far can you take that? And the answer is, as far as you can, who knows? Yeah. Who fucking knows how far you can take that? And pretty so, far. Pretty far. Well, that's just the thing. What if you gave yourself a chance not to sell yourself short on that ability? Like, what could you take responsibility for? So uh, there's plenty of people who, who sort of say it this way, and I've been uh, reading a guy recently, I can't even remember his name, Leo something, uh, about taking 100% responsibility right mm -hmm. for everything even like the wild things that seem like completely out of your control you know which feels a little crazy making and maybe it's not great to go that far but you know i always think about you know kind of what we talked about last week about like whatever your vibe is like you're going to run it through all your personality and then you know you're going to have like the spirit of creativity right of like which way you're sort of trending and like how you could build things up, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I go back to this, this kid that I was, and I imagine like the, when I was talking to Manfred about this, like uh, stance that I took, I imagine myself as like a 10 or a 12 year old. That was the kind, kind of the age that we were working at, you know? Um, and it really, it really infected my personality and my point of view of life a lot for a long time, right? So like I have a myriad um, uh, examples of what that decision actually created. And uh, it's not great, right? Mm -hmm. So so I think about taking responsibility. It's like I could, if I can find ways to infect my energy, to shift little bits, you know, and then try to get creative. It's like, how far could I take that? And I, I, the answer is, I don't know. But I think that it's interesting. Plus, it's just, it's more <laughs> from the from the victim lens. It's it just is is such a collapsed idea of what reality can be, you know. And I'm 41, and I've, I've like ran through all these things. Like, uh, it's like I from the collapsed victimy place like i can see the like the long road ahead for me you know so there was uh there was definitely a part of me that wanted to be really really nasty back and like say like fuck you and fuck this and like really say shit that i could not come back from and i know enough like i've done enough on my journey to be like don't don't listen to that impulse because that's just going to rupture things further and it's going to, you know, mm. it's, it's not going to make things better. It's going to make things a lot worse. 
it might feel better for two milliseconds and then it's just going to be really awful. And <clears throat> I've also done enough work just to know that like, if you have things showing up that it's not like it's an accident, it's not like it has nothing to do with you. So I'm like, I'm validating my feelings. I feel hurt. I feel betrayed. Um, you know, yes, my feelings are hurt. I feel very disrespected. Like I feel all these things cool. Like I'm allowed to feel those things and process. And so what I did was I just decided to take some space and like feel the feels. And so my own work was like, okay, I'm aware this is part of this. I'm going to take responsibility for this. And then I know in the past, I probably wouldn't have taken responsibility for it. And I would have been like, probably just made it about you or something. I'm not sure. I feel like eventually I forgive people, but I'm trying to think of how I would have handled it years ago. And I know I handle it now way better than I would have, you know, before I started doing this work. Um, And what I did was I'm just like, okay, I'm curious to know where this is showing up. And just by being open and willing to take responsibility for it, I had another situation show up and it was with my mother. And I noticed that I was being stabby and passive aggressive and mean with my energy. And it was almost just like, um, it happened really fast. It was really quick. It was like kind of subtle and it rushed in. And then I saw it and then I felt immense guilt. So I'm like, I have work to do here because I have stuff coming up. This is like the same energy and I'm the one giving it this time, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, cool, great. And then of course, there've been a lot of like other things around like responsibility coming up. And um, I wanted to share that like universal, the universal law of responsibility. Okay. Because like, I believe that this is a major antidote to victimization, but I also have a couple of like victimization stories that are really interesting. Um, And I don't know if I've told them on the podcast before, but I can, you can let me know. Sure. The law of responsibility states that you are solely responsible for everything you are, everything you have or don't have for everything you achieve and for everything you become. Now, it doesn't say that you're responsible for everything that's done to you here, which maybe some people would take that further and say, just take responsibility for everything. Like you mentioned, that guy is like, take, take your ability to take responsibility, like take that as far as you can, because you might actually find a lot of gold there, because the energy of victimization can be so seductive because it'll be like, all this stuff is happening to me and I don't have any choice. I don't have any Mm -hmm. power. I don't have any decisions. Like there's nothing I can do. And there's, I think there's nothing that feels worse than powerlessness, pure powerlessness. And I believe it's because it's actually so diametrically opposed to like who we really are. That's why I think it feels so shitty. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in some situations, I think it can be really hard to take responsibility and in some cases, maybe not helpful, especially when it's like a random event, like something very right. traumatic and horrific. Right. Yeah. Maybe in the moment when you're processing, like if it's something huge, like I don't worry about that. Like it's okay right. to be in victimization energy because it really just means like you don't have the tools, the skills or the resources 
at the moment to like step into your power and that's fine. It's right. like fine. I'll let people take care of you, figure out which way's up, like which way's north, like get your yeah. bearings, yes. come back to a place of regulation. Absolutely. And then when you're in a place of safety and you're actually surviving again and you're doing better, then right. you can start to ask those questions and move into thriving. Like, don't try to jump from this place of like something really bad happened. Let me take full responsibility for all of this like awfulness. Yes. It's like not no. really necessary. No. no. When yeah, you're in I, that place. Yeah. <laughs> there are some times when you need to fight or flight. You like, you need to just like get somewhere yeah. safe and do whatever the fuck you got to do to like, you know, get away from the, whatever bad is happening, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So some of these stories, and I have like three stories now of like so many stories that are popping up in my head, but um, one of them, one of them refers to um, when people become victimized in certain situations and um, like our, autom our autonomic nervous system, your nervous system will make choices based on survival, like what the best outcome is. And that might mean fight, flight, freeze, fawn, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so your nervous system will make that decision in a moment to keep you safe. But sometimes that means you may freeze in a moment when you want to fight because your nervous system has decided that freezing will give you the best chance of survival in that moment. And then mm -hmm. that can bring a lot of shame and you can be victimized in that state. And that can be really hard to work with, even though it's not your fault. That part of that is your nervous system just responding quickly in the moment to the strategy sure. yeah. that is come to rely on that has worked potentially not just for you, but for generations, like an entire lineage, right? Sure. So it can take a lot to overcome that. Um, I have two stories that are really interesting about victimization. And one is um, I worked with this guy and I feel like I've told this story before, but I'll keep it short. I worked with this guy who told me that he would be standing on the train platform like in New York and he would have at mm. least a couple times he had random people come up to him and like smack him in the head, like attack him for no apparent reason. And so I asked him, we were just at work and like this is, I was still like doing my coaching training and stuff, but I was like, I'm really curious to know is this familiar for you? Like anywhere in your childhood, did you ever have anyone randomly just walk up to you and just wallop you for no reason? And he was like, oh my God, like my mom used to do that a lot. And I'm like, there you go. That's why it's happening. Cause he was like, I don't understand why this is happening or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. So it keeps happening. Right. Because of this. And I think I weirded him out and he like kind of ignored, like tried to stay away from me after that. Um, so I was like, maybe I went into, <laughs> I went into hard. Um, and this, this story is also very unusual, but it kind of talks, it, it kind of speaks to what happens on a subconscious level um, because we can be victimized like on a conscious level, but we can have under um, unconscious psychological underpinnings as to why we find ourselves in situations that it's it's like a victim abuse cycle okay right. yes which then becomes very complex and complicated and mm -hmm. can carry a lot of pain and shame and then um, resistance to trying to understand because on likely it's likely it's not your fault on some level that that's happening but it's like when you understand that it isn't necessarily your fault, but that it is your responsibility to take care of yourself and understand why that's happening. And then mm -hmm. stand up for yourself, almost like the parent that 
should have or could have protected you, when you step into that role for yourself, you can end those cycles. So there was this one woman, um, I wasn't friends with her, but my um, former partner was, um, and she had actually uh, been raped like several times, but it was happening in like the downtown DC area. But the more that we, like he spoke to her and learned about her, he found out that she would go walking out in dark alleys at like two, 3 a.m. in the city. And then these things would happen to her. So it was like when hearing about these things from like a zoomed out perspective, there's like, I think most people would just be like, well, that's interesting, right? Like there's something interesting about that story where it's like, yes, of course, is she necessarily asking to be victimized just because she's doing that? No, but why? Like, so then you have to start asking questions. And that always stuck with me because I was like, and this was before, um, I think this was like when I first started studying psychology or maybe like around that time. And so it really interested me and fascinated me as to her unique trauma and like why she was putting herself in those circumstances, even after it already happened like one or two times, like it, it was like she was still doing it. So mm -hmm. I do think there's some aspect of like repetition compulsion and the, the subconscious trying to master certain situations. And that can even occur through victimization. Well, I so think those are the stories. The, subconscious parts, wounded, traumatized parts, and the sort of the IFS model, you know, it's like, what mm -hmm. portion of those, uh, like, embody, uncon you know, like, stories of victimization, right? Probably many or all of them, you know? And so it's like, how much of your trauma lives underneath the surface? Most of it, you know? And then mm -hmm. you have all these things, you know, until you make a conscious conscious, you'll call it fate or you'll. Mm -hmm. It will direct your life and you will call it fate. You'll direct your life and you'll call it fate, right? I also think about like the Hawkins like scale of uh, energetics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, those types of agreements or just conclusions about the world are very, I would say, very low on the energetic scale, right? And I also think that there's uh, there's moments that like uh, just because of like the di dynamics of time, like it's happening all the time. If you have these uh, visions or versions of how planet Earth works below your conscious level that are sort of imbued with this point of view that it's very low vibrationally, and then they come and express through you again the like the conscious creative moment with the energy that's available through the way that they see the world is going to be not great right these are not right. great so you're gonna though. create yeah because you can create either from an unconscious place so all those things beneath the surface your right. patterns your trauma actually having creative force because it directs your life and you just think yes. it's fate because there is it's like whether you take responsibility for your creations or not it's like you are creating, you are a creator. Right. So I was walking on the track uh, yesterday and, um, you know, it's like an Abraham Hicks thing. She just says, you know, think about gratitude, but then think about fun, 
fun seemed like an easy thing to like hang out at, right? So mm -hmm. there I am walking around the track, and yesterday, like, I was feeling pretty low energy, right? Pretty fucking low. So, mm -hmm. like, thinking about fun, and there's, like, from that place, that low place, the fun didn't exist. There was no mm -hmm. fun. Like, it was pretty yeah. hard. I was just, like, it was just, like, blank. It was just, like, an equation that didn't work. And so I'm like, okay. There just wasn't anything. And so... <laughs> one of the things I did, like, I was kind of like walking slow and like, you know, kind of stiff anyway, you know, here I am walking, I'm like a couple miles in, I'm all sweaty and uh, I'm like kind of feeling low, I don't really want to be there. So I just decided to act more like I was feeling. And so I kind of like hung my arms low and I was just like, <laughs> and uh, I was just like, <laughs> Were you doing this on the track? <laughs> and I was just like walk like a zombie and like, was like <laughs> and then it, that made me laugh. Like that made me fucking laugh. And I was just like, oh, that was pretty fun. And then like, you know, I felt the energy come up a little bit. And then like, I just started having a thought about something. And I was just like, and I'm checking back in. Is this fun? I'm like, yeah, this is fun. You know, and it, like it just spiraled up just a little bit. And I was like, oh. Oh. oh right oh you followed an impulse because you were thinking about fun and then you had fun. the thought yeah i just well i just was like well you know just be what it is you know like uh and then like mm -hmm. when i started getting playful then you know that the playfulness like started to proliferate proliferate and so pro, i don't know pro pro proliferate <laughs> proliferate <laughs> so i thought that that was uh just a, a pretty interesting movement right because i could have been like yeah fun i don't want to fucking think about fun you know i could have got gone into anger i could have gone into the creative uh going with that creative thing trending downward really because then it's like, almost like old man get off my lawn and energy get oh, off yeah. my lawn son oh, of a so, bitch so funny <laughs> uh, 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 parked uh, we me and another guy parked near the restaurant today for lunch uh, in front of this guy and he's like the mailman wants 30 feet to park the, the mail truck and i was like sir the mailman actually just went by he's like i'm like and i opened up his mailbox and I'm like there's mail in there he's like <laughs> poor guy but yes it is kind of that it's very curmudgeon-y right if you if you mm. if you go with the conclusion you know, just take it for what it is and then go with victimization right because if you if i am victimized if i don't have any power there uh then that's that's a very super logical conclusion you know and mm. all the time i mean like <laughs> if that's the way that i think that's like my conclusion point if that's like how i actually use my see that's a, a which i think is the wild thing too about how much creativity you're participating in all the time right well uh, like, a little scary to think of isn't it you know, it's super mm. it, it's actually super scary because if you start to open yourself up to what your ability is to actually take responsibility for mm. then which I don't know. Like, I don't want to get into that, like that being scary. 
it's like oh not scary but it's almost like the, the idea of it being scary is if you let it remain unconscious right. and then like that i don't know I, I well like so I, I go back to the the 12 year old version of me right that made that decision at that point and it's like i have to be a little bit forgiving and like also understanding like okay kid i mean you you did your best like i like uh and it, like it's okay that like that had to happen, you know. Nobody was there to like show me a different way, or to like model mm. something else, you know. And that, even that, me going into victimization there, starting to hate everybody. I mean, where does that come from? That's from fifteen thousand generations away, you know. That particular thread that comes yeah. to me, whatever it is. So yeah. that's okay. I think that I think that it's good to uh, stay consistent in uh, just curiosity and compassion for yourself when you find yourself participating once again in something, right? Yeah, and you hit on something that I was just about to say, which is like, where where do the victim stories come from? And like how they become really pervasive, like in general, you know, there's generational trauma that gets passed down. And then there's certain limiting beliefs and victim stories. So if you look at your parents and how they felt victimized, like what are their victim stories? Right. They're very likely your victim stories too. Mm-hmm. Cause you'll end up creating that, but it's like I something else. I also think else. about the juice that we get out of it too. Cause there is juice. There is yeah. like, there is some positive reinforcement, you know, for a hot second, you can feel fucking righteous and you can feel like, yeah, yeah this is right. You know? But, you know, it's like, I'm in my 40s. It's like, I've done it now 10 billion thousand times, and I know what I get out of it, right? Which is death and destruction, disconnection, you know, pain, and not creativity. Right. It's interesting for me to think about, like, where victimization comes from. Like, what is why is that energy useful? Where does it come from? Like, how does it arise? And I think it arises from pain and a feeling of not being able to do anything about it. And I think a lot of it probably arises um, from those ages when we're entirely dependent on our parents for- We're born into this world needing things, right? Right, and emotional processing. Oh, it's so, oh my God, you just reminded me of something today that like, so um, I was communicating with one of my clients and I'm going to make this carousel um, on, it, it's kind of like victimization energy and like dating, but it's like, um, it's talking about entitlement. Cause like when we, when we're born, like we, we have to have an energy of entitlement to survive. It's almost like any thing any creature has like i don't know what other way to explain it but it's like an instinct it's a drive to survive so -hmm. there is like an entitlement to life that is there innately okay but if we don't have like think about being a baby and not having that entitlement energy like not crying not reaching out not having tantrums yeah it's called failure to thrive right and then you would just die so it's like entitlement is super important but then what happens when we have entitlement like we have that those drives to survive but then we're not responded to then we have Mm -hmm. wounding around that where we were powerless but needed something right Right. yeah 
So then, then I think that can set up some victimization or victim stories or energies sure. around, I, I was entitled, I need, I'm, I'm powerless. And then I didn't get, and then we can carry that through, you know, like baggage into adulthood. Yeah. And, and this is a whole other conversation, but it's like bringing that entitlement into our dating scenarios or our relationships mm. can not be very sexy because then it's like, um, that person that you're chatting to, like the intensity is super high. They have a lot of expectations. They have this childlike entitlement that's left over from that trauma and they're bringing it. They're like, I need this from you right away and I need it now. And if you're not going to show up and step up, well then like, fuck you. Right. And it's like, whoa. Right. Holy shit. Whoa. Right. Um, And so it's like, the victimization, that energy, like that wounding, that pain can be like so close to the surface and it can like evade you because when you don't know whose responsibility is what, like if you lack discernment around um, attuning to those emotions and realizing they're there or realizing that that trauma is there and that you're trying to get those needs met by this person, perhaps someone you've only known for two hours or two weeks or whatever you met on, on um, a a website, Mm -hmm. but it's like trying to get them to like heal your wounds or make you feel better. Well, then you're bringing codependent patterns. You're bringing that victimization and power dynamics into a dating situation. Um, And that can be like a, a big blind spot for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Why is uh, victimization energy so tricky? Why is it so blind spotty? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Why, Nick? Tell us. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Part of me thinks because it's so it feels very seductive, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's something. There's some kind of energy in giving away your energy that you don't have to take responsibility. You know, so it's like you know. I don't have to do anything because it's your, you know, it's your fault. It's the world's fault. It's God's fault, you know. But like, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, it's so it's sort of. I think it's sort of a denial of our own power, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It makes me think about uh, this one thing. Maybe this, maybe this doesn't stick or something. But uh, it was that David. Uh, what's his name? David. David Attenborough. Set set sub s s word. Yeah. David S. Words podcast. Sutledge. Sutledge. Sutledge, that's right. He was talking about uh, people will definitely open up and tell their deepest, darkest, like, pains and, uh, like, traumas and uh, all the ways they, like, have fucked up, you know? Like, people, mm-hmm. like, in his experience, people have no problem doing that. But when you ask people, like, uh, okay, what are your gifts? How do you want to change the world? You know? Mm. They super struggle. Okay. Right. So I think yeah. it almost mirrors what I'm sort of like talking about. That it's like, oh, I can just gotta like give it up. Uh, it's like, oh, I don't have any power. Oh, I'm the victim. It's it's like, as opposed to thinking of like, oh, I do have power. Oh, I can change right. things. Oh, I do have abilities. Oh, I do have talents. I do have creativity. You know, like imagining and being creative and like opening yourself up to the actual good is scarier than the pain. 
It sounds to me like it's a bit of learned helplessness, like what you're talking about, like almost like practicing victimization stories, being so much in the pain going around and around about what's wrong and like habituating yes. where your focus is. So then it's like, it becomes a way of being, it becomes a personality. It becomes right. yes. like part of our identification and our character. Yes. And then when you vibrate there for so long, yeah, then it's just... when you go to success, when you go to hope, when you go to purpose, it's like so far fucking over there. It's like, what it's like, I haven't, been able to survive long enough to even consider thriving. So all I have is my story about how I'm barely getting by, right? right. But I wanted we, to say something really quickly. No, well, do, do you, okay. well, we've talked about energetic systems, you know, and if you peek out, you know, and then your system maybe can't handle it and it'll be like, oh, you'll, you'll fall quickly. Oh, right. Like yeah, backlash, like, you know? yeah, like doing a big energetic leap or having a huge expansion this way can mean that like suddenly the contrast that you're experiencing is so like holy shit like especially um did we talk about this last one the we did i think on the last podcast where i was like yeah if you want to ruin someone's life like give them a taste of something that they think they can't get on their own like they like to a state they can't get to on their own it's like only through an external, you know, drug or substance or process can they get here when they have a taste of that. And then they're down here. Most of the time they're in a low place. It's like knowing that, that those heightened senses or those, those huge feelings of being alive, like juxtaposed with like victimization and suffering and shame is fucking shitty. It feels even worse when you start to get a taste of what's good it is like such a major catalyst. Well, I mean, it can be amazing catalyst for evolution if it doesn't destroy you. Hmm. Um, but something that I was going to say is, um, what was the question you asked? You said, why, oh, why is victimization so blind spotty, right? Yeah. Oh my God, what was I going to say? I was going to say, um, I actually think it's way more instinctive. It, it, I think it has more to do with drives actually. Um, and I had a better explanation. I'm going to see if I can like talk it through. Cause so my thought is, okay, for example, if you like stub your toe on a rock or something and you're like, fuck out pain, right? There was this little um, Instagram thing. I saw this girl, she was like walking and she hit one of those side mirrors and then she turned around and like, like bit the side mirror. So she like attacked it. And so I think that victimization has more um, like protective mechanisms in it than we think. One is it protects our own energy and can actually help us stay alive and preserve, you know, mm. especially like when you think about fight or flight and freeze energy and fawn energy, these are all actually like victimiz flavors of victimization, like yeah, energy okay. in some way, right? right? So it's like, I need to fight to protect myself from the enemy so then i'm like a victim in some way right? right um or i need to run away or pass out or you know i need to lay very still mm -hmm. um or i need to like over caretake and like fawn so i actually think that victimization can kind of be like these drawn out like like being in those states over and over again yeah he'll be will be right. habituated right. victimization modes because then 
those modes are the modes of like simply survival. Like they're very animalistic, they're very driven. And um, when you think about other emotions that are like higher than those, say you get above anger, let's say you break through the anger threshold, like that gateway and you end up into like cooperation. Well, if you notice when you get into cooperation, you're past the adversarial mode. So when you don't have an adversary, like when there's not a bad guy or an adversary, when there's simply love and compassion and cooperation, it eliminates the need for victimization. It's like you are now energetic equals with the people around you. You're not in a one down position while there are people up here, like shit isn't rolling downhill onto you, right? So there's just like a shift and a flavor once you're out of these like survival places that you're able to like just access these other states Mm -hmm. where it's like the power dynamics have actually shifted when you're able to break through anger and actually use that anger as power and realize that maybe you're, you're not defeating an adversary. Maybe you're simply a competitor. Like maybe you are simply like competing against yourself and like old versions of yourself and how you used to respond or react in like survival, um, those places of survival. And, but, but I think that we don't want to eradicate victimization. I think that victimization does have like necessary things like for us, like um, if you get hurt, like you want to take care of that. Right. And it it can have like a victim sort of flavor, like, ow, I'm in pain. And that causes like that kind of posture. Let me take care of this. Let me devote energy towards that. Well, I think, uh, Obviously, it exists, and it exists in tons of people. So it's a natural process yeah. of how life works, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, like you're talking about those sort of like the biological uh, sympathetic nervous system sort of like int- you know, uh, enmeshment, like where it's missing. Like, and yes, I can think that. So uh, the main state I existed in all the time was a sort of a dissociated freeze, right? But. It, it makes a lot of sense. It absolutely makes sense. I am going to dissociate it freeze because here in the actual world, in the present, that I'm powerless, that I hold no power and hold no sway and can get nothing of fun that I enjoy, right? So I'll just go to the imaginary place. At least in my mm. imagination, like I can, you know, pacify myself, you know, but that's sort of like, so, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it just makes me think about more of like the place a person's going to be in to be able to start to, because I think overcoming your deep habituated self, you know, or even becoming mm-hmm. starting to have consciousness and awareness of it is a, you know, it's a whole undertaking for your life, really, when you start on that journey, you know, and then, okay, so <laughs> then finding cracks about like maybe where you could start to play around with it, you know. Like, it's taken me quite a while listening to fucking Abraham Hicks and, like, you know, to actually start to play with it, right? And then watch energy change a little bit. It's like, you know, to find, like, a time when there was was, was much going on with me and, I, like, I had this information in my brain, just, like, you know, poking buttons in my system, you know, to see what happens. And then essentially got lucky, you know, and had and then have all these dominoes fall in my brain because I've just been exposing myself about like trying to like learn and like mm-hmm. understand and grok and feel about what's happening, you know. So, uh, which I think is a uh, a pretty cool place to be for me. Like, 
good job me great that's great you know like good job nick like i didn't crack the fucking code yet i had one i had a couple laps of like smiling you know but like well you got to start somewhere right but to start to see how how the pieces are put together right and about like where i am and how uh how i have been habituated has created the life that i have now you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. And then I, I think about also, it's really normal to forget that we are animals, like we are human animal, and mm. we are human spirit, right? Yeah. And I think that when we're in those survival places, we are much more human animal living in a lot of those um, instinctive, like, oh, perhaps absolutely. more animalistic like emotions right like this there's a certain emotional range that is that that goes from like shame and i don't i don't know if they've studied if they know that animals have shame per se but if if you look at dogs it seems as though they do because they're (laughs) socialized it It really does right but i don't know if that's us projecting human emotions onto animals i'm not sure but i don't know but when I like, I like, I love animals. Like anyone that follows me on Instagram knows that I have, um, I always been post on the real animal <laughs> for quite, I love animals. I love cute, like all, I love all animals pretty much. Um, and so I put them in my stories and it's just like watching animals like experience bliss, you know? And I feel like animals <laughs> do experience like, these emotions and something that Abraham Hicks talks about is like that animals um, do experience like well-being like pretty easily if they're I think for mm. the most part depending right right and it's, it, anyway there's just so many interesting things that come into my brain when I think about talking about animals and like the law of attraction and things like that and like what their purpose is here on earth and if they have like dharma and karma as well you know like all that's really fascinating but um it is interesting to think about like the intersection of human animal and human spirit and like how those two like function together synergistically, but also sometimes like how human animal takes over, like how instinct takes over and then how we can have awareness of those mechanisms happening and then have emotions about those things like shame about the way we responded to something mm-hmm. or have um these animalistic like sexual drives that we can't explain and then be like yeah. oh should i should i not be feeling this and right. it, it just makes me think of like how how complicated um human history is like since like i i, I kind of want to blame the victorian area like who knows when it, it took a, a turn but there's this one play um, it's, it's known as the dildo play, I believe. And it's about how women in like the Victorian era would experience hysteria. And then they would basically go to a specialist that had like this fucking like Zibian machine or like dildo machine. And they they would pretty much, they would masturbate them and then they would have an orgasm and they'd be like, Oh my God, I feel better. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, they weren't talking, you know, they weren't talking about that. And it's just funny. Like, you know, I, I just think it's very, I don't know. I just think stuff like that's really interesting. Um, and I just think about how we have these social and cultural codes around things that exist in nature that we don't allow ourselves to 
feel, do, be, express. And of course, you know, we have social contract and obviously there's things that you just don't do. Like we don't want to act like bonobo monkeys. We don't want to fling poo at each other or randomly just go and hump everyone like that. You know, that's, that's like boundaryless, but we are in a unique predicament slash experiment slash discovery being humans and like experiencing emotion and learning to surf emotionally surf like first learning that you have feelings like learning how to feel um especially those that have had severe emotional neglect and punishment like there can be a lot of victimization around emotions or feeling emotions period or even like being able to talk to somebody like even that can feel shameful and overwhelming so we can hold a lot of patterns of victimizations and in a victimization in almost any life area so Mm -hmm. any life area where you feel powerless there are going to be lower vibrational, energetic, emotional stories about how you are powerless, how you are stuck, how you are a victim, how it's them and this and the other. And the more that we're able to, and of course you're not going to be able to do this at once, but the more you're able to take responsibility for each of those areas, you can start to clean up your energy and then gain, you know, gain more energy. Cause you do have a choice in all these different areas, like your sleep, what you eat, who Mm. you fuck, like whatever, you have choices. And if you refuse to make a choice or make decisions, life will make that for you or your unconscious will make it for you. So you will either live a life by default or one of your own creation. What's it gonna be? What you wanna do? I just got carried away. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all excited there. I don't know, like, I like the rant, I do, but in full victimization, that's complete gobbledygook what you said, right? Like yes. I think without an experience of seeing a way out and seeing how it actually works, right? Yeah, you, you're right. If, if you don't believe in the power of your own creative process and have it have like a knowing or like an interface with it, You don't know any of that shit. Like, yeah. Like, yes, I'm full of shit, right? Like I'm yeah. a charlatan and I'm like peddling shit nuggets. Like well, I'm literally not, like not. It's selling just, just non crap. You know, it's just non sequitur shit. Like you know, or it's like can't relate to it. But it just, not only it just that, make it's sense. like you know, it's just like swatting no. it away. Get it the fuck away. Uh, like um, it doesn't even have to be annoying. It's just like what? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. make like it makes no sense. It makes no right. sense. No, you're right. Like, yeah, from from one perspective, it's almost like, um, yeah, it's almost like looking at things from different dimensions. So yeah, something that's is. 1D is a vast difference from something that is 2D and then 3D and then yeah. 4D. It's like the more dimensions there are, it's like, this is really wild, you know? It ends yeah, yeah. up getting really... I actually think that's a, a pretty good analogy it's just because if you see something, if you see an extra dimensional thing from the place you are, right? It, it's just, it's gobbledygook. It makes no sense. To it doesn't like, even compute to your brain because right. let's say we're, t- let, let's say we were two dimensional beings living in a, like a, we're on a cartoon, we're on a page and yeah. everything is just two dimensional, which is even hard to think of from where we are. It's like even a little tough to think about it, but we can sort of 
like we have examples of things that are 2D and we can sort of, right. you know, play with that. Uh, but then imagine being a 2D thing and then going to 3D and what that would do to your brain when suddenly it's like, you're like, I don't know, just try to think about that. Like that, like that can kind of give you a little taste of how much that will just like mess with your brain a bit to be like, wait a second, what? Like how many, so how many different things are introduced when you take something from 2D to 3D? You know, like that's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, so, which is hard to do. In the Flatlanders, they did it from three to two because that was actually easier because you could What describe... is that? What is Flatlanders? Flatlanders is the book about dimensions. Oh, yeah. So oh. He, he, he describes a world of 2D, right? And so, like, looking through their eyes, it's just, like, blip or no blip, and it just has width. So it's like if you see your buddy, he'll start off as a dot, but he gets closer, he's just, is this line that gets bigger, right? Then he, he'll go away in 2D world when you see things. And everything wow. is just, like, like, it's just these lines, you know, because there Linear. is no, right. Oh, and then when yeah, the, that's... When the 3D thing comes, right? It's like all the series of dots because it's, it's like, a, you know, it's, a, it's this multidimensional thing entering in from the top or the bottom or from whichever direction. To you never had top or bottom before. Yeah. To the Flatlanders, it was, it was just fuzz. They couldn't make any sense out of it, right? Like it didn't, like it, it they perceived something, right? But it was in patterns that they couldn't recognize at all. It makes it's, me wonder if we could have like a TV show that was called Flatlanders. <laughs> I think there probably like, is. I would mean, that, it's a pretty would famous that work? Book. It's a pretty famous book uh, and it was written like probably 40 years ago. So I think about writing cartoons, making cartoons, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like you were talking about the social aspects and about how we are animals and how we live in packs, which is all that's true. And that's another dimension of uh, trying to understand how we work. I like to think about some kind of a cartoon about the inner landscape, just of like parts of inner emotional parts, right? And so I was thinking today that like, you know, you think you're a human being, you know, walking down the street and it's like, no, you're more than that. And so you actually have six heads, you have like 11 hearts, you know, you have like 40 arms, right? And they each are doing different things, you know, and I would have to like model it after myself or whatever, you know, and this is okay. how you actually work. Right. So it's like then this six headed, five hearted, 11 armed me is like walking through and then something happens. Right. It's like Angela yells at me and then like it goes in and the like the victimization head ears hears that goes to like the victimization heart tells a certain story, you know, and then my arms could be the sort of protectors like lights up this whole circuit that happens right mm -hmm. in that part and then okay that moment ends and i walk this six-headed or five-headed five-hearted 11-armed guy like walks to the next situation and it lights up a different circuit right but here you all the time you thought you were just one person you know and you are one person it's subtle like it's like you, but you have all of these different parts and pieces inside of you that are working all the time just sounds like the worst case of being like a conjoined twin or something, you yes. know? Like, it would look like uh, that. Like it, it, it's going to be a wild cartoon, but I think it'd be a, like an interesting way of describing like the, the processes that happen, you know? Right. And some way I'm, to like show how hidden it is too, like that there are parts right. that are like above. And I, you could do that with some type 
of like a trick, you know, they're transparent or they're purple or something or whatever, you know. I'm very interested in learning more about this concept. Um, <laughs> but I, I was thinking from what you were saying, for someone that is feeling very identified and meshed, blended with victimization. So then it's like, what are some tips, tools, whatever that we can offer from our own experience to come out of it? I think really it's just about, to me, it, it seems only energetic. Like mm -hmm. there are some, I, there are some just like conclusions out of it that like, I don't want to get that juice or, you know, the thing that helped me was seeing what I got out of it. And what I got out of victimization very recently was that it's a carte blanche for me then to hurt people which is not, mm -hmm. it's not, which it blows act. up relationships. And it then blows, it's like, it, it just, it, it leads to all sorts of bad, bad behavior. So like that distinction, thinking about that and like, I don't know if that works for other people in other people's lives. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's like, I think it's more helpful to think about it just in terms of energy. Right. So it's like, if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling like the, this thing sucks, it's like, okay, well, so for me, it just happened to think about like, what are things that are fun, right? Mm -hmm. Like feel my energy and try to like work on my energy. So I'm like out walking, moving my body, still feeling like shit, you know, I'm like the zombie walking around, you know, how can I move my energy, which is like a whole other topic to learn about, like moving energy, right? What is energy? Right. Like, what is energy respond to, you know? So I mm -hmm. have been curious and playing around and just got lucky one day. The next day or tomorrow, you know, I might be like, really have my fucking head up my ass and just be like a real bummer, you know, like, you know, I'm still surfing the wind, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know if I'm in total control, trying to get some control, just trying to get more creative and get like right. some, a sense of, a sense of, uh, you know, like a, a sense of skill with it, you know, you know, it's very interesting because it's almost like that sense of control is like, kind yeah. of, I don't I want to say it's a little bit illusory in some ways but not like it's um it's like the more consciousness you're able to bring like yeah. the more you're able to stay in the present moment which means checking back in with like what is yeah. can be a decent way to sort of come out of victimization but i oh my god it's like it's such a process when I, I think about it because I remember specifically a time where I literally felt like I was being shit on by God, like that I had done sure. something really bad to piss God off. And he had like, has of course, cause he's God, he has like a giant butthole and he just sort of opened it and like was just Rain raining diarrhea on, on me. And so I was like just drowning in this sea of all and so like all the things that happened during that time were like my my dog got um a, a bladder infection and was like peeing blood so i like take her to the vet so there was that my computer hard drive crashed the guy i was dating like suddenly dumped me with almost no explanation it wasn't like straight up ghosting but almost um my mom like visited me and like drove me crazy like she got into a fight with my roommate and my roommate like like we had a huge fight and then I had to like kick my roommate out and then um what else oh my like retina detached so it, it was just like 
And then I got sued. Like there was just like period of time where like all this stuff was just exploding, exploding. You see, and God is shitting on me. See, but I was like, well, I was like, what did I do? Like that was my first thought was what did I do wrong? Yeah, which is a, that's right? victim, right? What did I what do did wrong? What did I do wrong? I because, must have done something wrong. Because my orientation, like realizing like the way I was raised and how I was punished yeah. and different things. And also just, I was brought up in the Catholic church and then we had switched to Baptist and there can be, in my opinion, a lot of focus on victimization as well as like martyrdom in religion. And yeah. that can get very confusing. Like, don't piss off God, you know, please God. Um, and like, that makes me think of the Bruce Almighty thing. Like God is just like a mean kid with a magnifying glass, like burning my limbs off so he can watch me squirm or whatever that quote right. is. Um, and I know it, it can really feel like that. It can, and I, I think what I didn't understand is that when there's a vortex of things that we're creating, I think you can also like have a negative vortex or you can, cause you can create from a place of unconsciousness and keep sure. attracting more and more and yeah, more. Absolutely. And then when you're focusing on feelings of victimization and that helplessness and powerlessness, then you will find more things to yeah. keep going. But what ended up happening actually, and I've been like starting to understand this like more and more and more, but what really happened was it kind of broke me open. Like it broke me in a way um, because when my retina detached and then I had to have surgery and then during that surgery, um, they didn't administer the anesthesia quite right. And I could feel the surgery, but I couldn't move. Um, so that was really tough. Just a lot of things happened. And then suddenly I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. I don't remember everything, but I do remember that um, I was sitting up in my loft and I was reading this email and there was like an invitation to come to fly out to LA to go to this seminar. And I felt like I have to go there. I need to go there, to there, I must. And I will quit my job if they won't let me go. Cause I was like a new bartender at Budokan in New York. And then from there, like all kinds of shit started happening, like synchronicity. I started seeing angel numbers and I thought it was going a little crazy. And then it was like my energy started to move up like naturally because I had hit such like a rock bottom place. Mm. And then I was sort of creating, but I wasn't super aware of how I was doing it, but I was seeing it. And so it's very interesting just to use your power of observation to notice what you create from what state that can kind of help. But mm -hmm. I do think that one of the, the biggest things that we can do or practice is non-resistance. Like as much as like, I think maybe, I don't know if this is too high of a level, but doing your best to like, feel shit and and like not um constrict and tighten like seeing what you can actually allow yourself to feel without shutting it off just as much as you can tolerate and just starting to practice a little bit i think can be helpful but 
there's a saying like all roads lead to Rome. And I believe that all roads can lead to God. Just meaning that like all roads can lead to your um, like elevated consciousness, your expansion, your evolution. So I, I just think there's a million different ways to do this, obviously. And I think it, it comes from doing your best to just follow those little glints of joy or, you know, what you were saying, Nick, is like fun, like trying to find the little things and just see how long you can sort of play with that and milk with that. And then when you're having a shitty day or you're feeling like you're in victimization, just be like, I'm here. This is okay. Here I am. Like, I think part of it is just being like, this is where I am right now. And this is okay. And that I can see how that can be a challenge too. Like, because when we're in victimization, like we don't want to be there in that place because it doesn't feel very good. But incidentally, I think it ends up being the, the cause of suffering can be constriction or pushing away reality instead of trying to accept it for what it is in the moment because pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. I think that was Buddha that said that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think there's a lot of different ways to try to wiggle your way out. But I also think that for me, what started helping was recognizing like that I needed therapy Mm -hmm. Um, my realization that I needed therapy came from the fact that I recognized that I was having emotions and I didn't always know what they were. And it would take me two weeks sometimes to be like, oh, that feeling, I was uncomfortable and hence probably should have said no to that thing. Right. right. And then I ended up in awkward situations because I couldn't feel my emotions. So when I started doing therapy, um, that helped me to start feeling and thus like began part of that journey so yeah perception uh i think it's a good message just to tell people that like <laughs> that there is other shit there is something else right right there so like faith dimension. and hope there is yeah there are other perspectives there are other dimensions so when you find yourself like there if by accident or even whatever like if you find yourself there then like Try to enjoy it best you can and then don't punish yourself when you're not. Right. Amen. Hmm. Okay. Pretty good. Good podcast. Yeah. We're done. I think so. Is that all you need to steam. say? Feel good? <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. We can I'm finish. A, I'm a, a little on the blink. Anyway, uh, come say hi. Leave us a comment. Uh, do the thing. Doobly do. You know what to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right so emotional. Wait, okay so the, the i was just gonna say thanks for listening um the links will be below and then um you can yeah, follow they, us on social media and leave a review no wait, like what if they're new here and they don't nobody's new to the internet everybody's been here no forever. to this podcast they're oh. new to us well we're at like an hour and whatever we're in if they if they like you know like I always, if I'm listening to somebody and they've like got my attention, like I'll start clicking mm -hmm. around on them, you know. And of course, it's, okay. other shit's down in there. So you're saying they're gonna figure it out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have All a right. smart. We have a smart audience. They're you know, you're people. right. Our audience is smart. Yeah. 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 I feel that. Cool. cool. Y'all know what to do. We trust you. Yeah, absolutely. We do. If you've made it this far, you're really smart. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Or <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> Who knows? 
Verse around the jet ski. Sing that one. Goddamn, I wanted that jet ski. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone unhappy on a jet ski? Well, I don't. the victimization song oh jesus why 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 <laughs> god damn you know what when i'm having a really low day and i'm feeling victimized i will probably sing along with this song and be like yeah god damn <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. All right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> 